I never tire of watching that. It was hard to pare down our pictures, right, to just uh, that small sampling. Uh, last week, over in the contemporary service, uh, I had the privilege of interviewing seven individuals. There were 40 of us all together that went on this trip. And so I asked Seven just to come and to share a little bit of their experience, to bring their experience to all of us here. And so we were able to video that and to be able to share it with you this morning. So I just pray that you are blessed by the conversations that you hear of how the Lord uh, blessed us and how we encountered the power and the presence of God on this trip. So I invite you to watch and to enjoy. Welcome to our living room. We're thrilled that you are here with us this morning. I've asked a, a few folks to come and share a bit of our experience of the Holy Land. We just got back, well, I guess it was, what, two weeks ago, ten days ago, something like that. We're just now recovering. <laughs> but it was an amazing trip. Uh, this is just a, a, a small sample of the group that went with us. And there are some other folks that went with us on the trip that are in this service. I'd ask if you would just stand at this time just so we can recognize uh, those that went on the trip as well. Some are sitting in the back. Yep. So let's give them a hand clap of praise. We're just uh, grateful for the 40 pilgrims, the 39 pilgrims, including myself, that, that journeyed over to the Holy Land. There were 40 of us total, and I just want to share a bit of a demographic with you. We were a mix of uh, traditional and contemporary, some from other United Methodist churches, non-denominational, Catholic, Lutheran. And I share this only because you probably uh, noticed in the pictures that there were some people that you didn't recognize. And several of us did not know each other before we went on this trip, but by the end of it, we became very fast friends and like family to one another. And as we know, when we get to heaven, there, there's just going to be one heaven, right? The kingdom of God. And there's not going to be a Methodist heaven and a Catholic heaven. Uh, it's going to be one heaven. And so we were just the kingdom of God over there together on this trip. And we shared in communion together. We prayed together. We sang. We worshiped together. We engaged in the Holy Scriptures and the different sites that we attended and visited, and we laughed and we really enjoyed each other. And you're going to get a sense of that this morning. Uh, I, I said to them as we were talking yesterday to prepare for today, I said, just be yourselves. And they started laughing, and they're like, no, you really don't want us to be ourselves, but they're going to be themselves. And we just had such a great experience. I want to take a moment to have uh, them introduce themselves to you as we gather in God's living room, so to speak. So, Barb, if you want to start us off. Barb Pertee, Kim Hoff, Debbie Burley, Andy Meyer, Fred Hicks, Bruce Burley, Jenna Wall. One of the scriptures that came to mind as I was reflecting on our time together came out of Acts 2. Here are these words. I'm starting in the 42nd verse. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All believers were together and had everything in common. So I, I've asked uh, this group to answer a few questions and share a bit of their experience here with us today. I'd like to start with Barb. If you could share with us a, a bit of, of your experience of how our group interacted and bonded. Well, we were just one happy family at the end of our trip. And um, I knew before the trip, maybe half the people real well, others not so much. And then there were some total strangers. And we all became family and we looked after each other. And you'll hear some other stories that maybe we don't share here. 
And I just felt personally that everyone had my back. And um, again, I just can't praise the group enough, and I would love to go with them all again back to the Holy Land. <laughs> I know that the, the Bible really came to life for all of us that were on uh, this, this trip. And Fred, one of the things that I know that stood out to you was the topography and the landscape. What were some highlights that you'd like to share with us? Um, highlights, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, I guess a few weeks before we left, I actually started, something started to build in me a little bit. I guess we, we had seen a video uh, that the tour uh, outfit provided about, and one of the videos was about the geography and how, how, of course, we all know Israel's a small country and just how, how much it changes, I think, was something I hadn't really recognized before. And one day, I guess, after looking at the video, I was looking at a map and I was we we're going to land in Tel Aviv, and we're going to drive over to Jerusalem, and not far from the Dead Sea. And I was, uh, I was looking at it, and the, the uh, distance to the Dead Sea from Tel Aviv is like 58 kilometers. I converted that; it's about 45 miles. And suddenly, it just smacked me. I said, "It's like driving from Westchester to the Outlet Mall." And that's the major width of the country. The the length is maybe a little bit from here to Columbus and beyond. And in that. Um, as we started out in the southern end, it was such a desolate, uh, the Judean w wilderness. I mean, if you've ever, I don't know what I had in my mind's eye from scriptural passages and stuff, but um, whatever it is, it's as desolate, it's as hilly, it's as arduous a place to try to think of heaven in existence. And you think of Christ in the wilderness being tempted. Um, I mean, it just... As you had said before, you never read the Bible the same again after you've been there. And that's certainly true. As we, as we drove up to uh, Galilee, and it changed so much. And I was remembering a couple of things that were brought out in the videos about how this area, uh, as you go up, was the area where the water was. And so that, went, in Jesus' day, that was the crossroads of the world. And... Uh, you really understand why so much happened, I think, in that in that area. And up around Galilee and then over to Caesarea on the on the coast and stuff was so lush in that end of the country. I think I'm gonna go order a belief map of Israel before too long just so I can kind of remind myself of the different areas of the country. There was somebody that shared after the first service that was on our trip with us that we know when we go through our Bibles there are maps. And she said she had never paid attention to the map before in the Bible, especially the study Bibles have them. And she said now she just looks at it and it's just gripping because she was able to experience uh, a lot of, of uh, that land that she saw on the map. So absolutely. Bruce, if you can share with us a little bit of the, uh, the impact that um, the Bible had for you and seeing the, the Holy Land. I think the, the Sea of Galilee area was fabulous. Uh, it's, it's a living history because that water is there that was there when Jesus walked the land and the, the gravel and the sand on the shore, it's beautiful. We In the opening, we saw a sunrise and that was on the Sea of Galilee. It was beautiful. That was our first day there. And it's just, uh, it's amazing the, when you think of Peter and what was done in the sea and uh, it's such a fabulous place. I think the, the Sea of Galilee area was fabulous. Uh, 
It's, it's a living history because that water is there that was there when Jesus walked the land and the, the gravel and the sand on the shore, it's beautiful. We In the opening, we saw a sunrise, and that was on the Sea of Galilee. It was beautiful. That was our first day there. And it's just, uh, it's amazing the, the, when you think of Peter and what was done in the sea. and uh, it's, it's a fabulous place. So Jenna was one of seven young people on the trip. That's what we like to call them, the young people. A lot of times they were tech support. We were grateful for tech support. And I was uh, talking with her yesterday, and she says, in my 15 years of life, it was just so cute how she said that. And so, Jenna, share with us a little bit about how the Bible came to life for you. Yeah, so growing up in Sunday school and VBS and Upward and uh, Youth Now and even teaching Sunday school week by week, uh, I've learned Bible stories, you know, all sorts of Bible stories. And to go and see and stand in the place where all of that took place, it was, it was really fascinating. Because you can visualize one thing and then you go there and... I, I mean, it just really opened my eyes up. So many times when uh, we all go on a trip, people, when we come back, people ask, oh, what was your favorite place that, that, that you visited? And it's so incredible. It's hard to uh, come up with just one answer. But I want to uh, take a, just a stab at it with a couple of folks. We had an opportunity when we were over there to uh, go to Bethlehem and have dinner with a Christian uh, Palestinian family. And there were several folks from our group that took advantage of that opportunity, and it was an amazing experience. And I'd like to ask uh, Barb to share a little bit about that, as well as Bruce. He and Debbie were one of the couples that uh, also had dinners with the Palestinian uh, Christian family. So, Barb, share a little bit about what you experienced with all of us. We um, were welcomed by a, a family of four. We only saw three of the members, um, but the host and hostess were... I mean, it was just like going into your own family's home. You know, we laughed. Um, we had some serious moments. Um, they told us a little bit about their Palestinian life um, versus um, what they have to deal with living, you know, around Israel. And, um, you know, they really didn't dwell on it. It's just a way of life for them. But I asked at the very end, um, after we took a picture of all of us together, What's the one thing that you would change if you could? And she said that we could just all get along together. And that just hit me. That's what Jesus has been trying to preach to us all along. You know, it's that one thing. We need to love thy neighbor. And that's what really hit me the most. We, we had a prayer before our dinner, which was very, it was delicious. And uh, we prayed for each other and for the situations they were in and the situations we were being through our trip. And we, we talked a little bit with the hostess and she had been to Cincinnati with the Catholic Church. She had uh, won an award and she was able to come to the United States. And I asked her what she liked about Cincinnati and she said, well, I like the aquarium, the zoo, and Kings Island. <laughs> so. It was great to have interaction with them, and uh, she she has a master's degree in education, so she teaches in the Catholic school, and her, her her children go there too, which is great. Her husband was an electrician, so we got to talk to him about his work and how it's what it's like to be a Palestinian working in a trade. So it was a great opportunity. I would definitely do it again. 
So we took a boat ride on a fishing boat on the Sea of Galilee, and it was so special. And when we were on uh, the boat, I shared passages about how Jesus came to the disciples on the water, those familiar passages that, that we read, and how Peter walked on the water, and how Jesus calmed the storm on that Sea of Galilee. And it was a special time for so many of us. And I'd like to ask Fred and Barb if you could just share with us uh, those moments and what they were like for you, uh, just to share with those of us here. Well, we stepped out on that boat, and for me, I'm always drawn to the water. Um, and we went out, maybe not quite to the middle of the, of the sea, and um, it came to me that there's so many stories that happen right here on the water as well as around the Sea of Galilee. And I just kind of felt like, what if these waters could talk to us and tell us about what it was really like back then when all these different things had occurred. And to me, that was one of the most important things that I pulled out of this trip um, was all these different stories. Because as several people have said, um, everything comes to life now, you know, as you read through your Bible. Uh, <clears throat> I think Julie had asked me, uh, or I guess maybe it was one of your questions about what was your favorite um, or most meaningful um, areas, locations that we were. And um, I said, well, most of the ones I could think, I mean, it was hard to think of just one um, because I thought of mostly areas that we were out, like Barb was saying, where you can picture, you know, it hasn't changed that much from two th in 2,000 years, and, and you can just picture Christ being there and so. But the thing that was, I think Julie asked me, uh, or she said something, I think even before we trip, maybe it was the start of the trip, about having an unexpected moment. And uh, when we took the boat ride, I was expecting sort of a, just a little excursion, you know, ride around on the Sea of Galilee, see the sights, and come back to the dock. And the guy, um, the captain or whatever, uh, he got out pretty good ways out. And he killed the engine. Well, you know, I mean, they didn't have diesel engines in Jesus' day. So it was so serenely quiet. The only background noise, if any at all, were some birds. And then we had a member of our group from Hamilton, a guy named Bob, and, and he felt called to sing. And... Uh, he started off by saying, this is one you might be familiar with or something. So I'm running hymns, trying to think of different hymns that he's going to come up with or something. And he uh, began to sing, You Raise Me Up, uh, which for a number of reasons is a, a very special to me. And uh, the thought that I had as he did that and as we were sitting there with all this serenity around us, surrounded by the areas that we knew Jesus had been was you're here. You're here with us and you're here with me. Thank you. We visited the garden tomb, which is a, a beautiful place and it's a possible second location for the tomb of Jesus. 
And, and we quickly realized when we got over there, it's, you know, is it the, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre? Is it the Garden Tomb? But he's risen. And not to get caught up on is this the exact place or not. And we had the privilege of visiting both of those sites. And at the Garden Tomb, it was extremely special for us because at the end of our day, at the end of, of that tour, we uh, were able to worship and partake in Holy Communion together uh, there at that site. And it was so special. And Kim, if you would share just a a bit of that experience, what that was like for you, what it meant to you. This little garden tomb was just kind of off by itself, and it was, you had to uh, duck your head down and kind of climb into this little hole, and you could see the actual tomb, and I think we all felt, we all felt the presence of Jesus there, and thought about him laying there, and that he had died to forgive our sins and as you went in and out you could see the big stone and it was kind of on this track that had been you know that they had and you could see this huge stone that had had been rolled back and forth and, and had um, gone away when when he came out and I have never been as touched as possibly I was at, at that tomb. The peace that just invaded our souls with this tomb was just, it, it was amazing. I mean, you just felt his presence, and whether that was the one or the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, you know, you, it didn't matter because we felt him right there. And then we went over to the chapel and had communion, and Julie read scripture, and it was a quiet, beautiful moment. And um, people just came, just got up to help with communion. They, you know, everybody just kind of pitched in, and we just all felt like one, one person as we drank the blood of Christ and thanked him for just being there with us. We had uh, seven people that, that reaffirmed their baptisms, and we had a schedule each day, and we remember the beatitude. I, I actually, sh you saw the sign, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not get bent out of shape. I say it quite often, but I was actually on the Mount of Beatitudes with that sign, so it was amazing. I'm like, I brought this thing all the way from America. <laughs> I'm taking it with me to the Mount of Beatitudes. And so that morning uh, that we were to have the baptisms, it was supposed to be at the end of the day. And I thought that will be perfect. It will be warmer as we get into the Jordan River. But no, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not get bent out of shape. It was the very first thing in the morning. It was a little chilly at 8 o'clock in the morning in the Jordan River. But it was just an absolutely amazing experience. And we had seven individuals that reaffirmed their baptisms. And it was just a powerful, powerful time. And, and I'm sure many of you have seen the pictures. We showed a few on the video. But Andy and her husband, Randy Meyer, uh, reaffirmed their baptism together. And it was so amazing to be a part of that. So Andy, share a little bit about what that was like for you. Well, at our first meeting before the trip, um, prior to that, I, was, I knew we were gonna go to the Jordan River, but I had no idea what could take place there. And at that first meeting, Julie mentioned uh, the opportunity would arise to be baptized in the Jordan. My hand went up, and Randy looks at me. <laughs> and um, I said, well, I'm going to do it. And he's no. So later I said to him, 
Um, not going to push you or anything, but wouldn't it be cool if we did this together? So he thought and he thought. And so he was there with, with me, and together we walked into the water, and we stood with Julie and Tim, and we linked our arms, and we were baptized in the Jordan River. And it's incredible to know that I will remember that baptism for the rest of my life. I don't remember the first one. I was a little too tiny for that. But um, other than our marriage vows, I think our um, baptism together is going to be one of the most sacred events in our lives. Talk a little bit about how you talked about later in the day how you felt from that water. Um, we... We quickly went into a changing room that they hadn't showered off a little bit, but, you know, it wasn't a great shower. But the, the nice thing was the Jordan River there where we were was just beautifully clear and really refreshing, as Julie said that morning. But so we changed, and we went on about our day, and it just kept impacting me that I truly was cleaner than I'd ever been because I'd been baptized in the Lord. Amen. Amen. So to give you a glimpse, uh, each morning when we would get on the bus, I would share a devotion and prayer time. And then my husband, Scott, who I had the, the privilege of having him uh, beside me on this trip, would give us a weather update and then joke of the day. So it was a highlight. So as we got to the end of the week, people were more interested in the joke of the day than what the devotion was. So it was just, it was so much fun. Again, like I said, we, we, we prayed together, we laughed together, we cried together. It was just amazing. So one of the things that I would pray for each morning when we were together as we would set out was that we would meet God in unexpected places. Sometimes in life we anticipate what we're going to experience, but many times will God... God will show up in those unexpected places. And, and he did just that with all of us. It was amazing. And uh, I've asked a couple people just to share those, those Kairos, those God moments where they just really felt the power and the presence of God. Kim, I want you to share with us a little bit about our prayer time when we were in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane was just beautiful. You looked at the Mount of Olives, the beautiful hillside, two miles of, of ridge, and you looked at the olive trees that had been there for a few thousand years and, and the cemetery that was there. And then at the bottom is the Garden of Gethsemane where we knew that, that Jesus had struggled. He had struggled as to whether he wanted to be crucified. And he chose. He chose to give his life for us. So... We just, you know, and, and Judas betrayed him, and, and he was arrested, and all of these things happened right right there, right where we were in this beautiful place. And um, we read scripture, and Julie had us lift up names. We lifted up family members and, and uh, people that we loved, and um, Eric and I lifted up a good friend of ours named Paul, who has struggled with a uh, lung disease that, that came on fairly quickly and has, has kind of taken over his life. And we lifted him up in prayer and we just felt called to do that. Well, two hours later, I got a text from his wife that he had received a call and was to go to Indianapolis to get a new set of lungs. So he, he was going to get his new life 
new life also. We really felt like God heard all of those prayers and took all of our burdens away. And, and it was one of the, the best moments ever. <laughs> God moment for sure. Amen. Amen. Uh, on our last day, we concluded our time at the Mediterranean Sea, and it was just absolutely gorgeous. We'd had a little bit of rain in the morning, and then the sun came out. It's, it, the, the hand of the Lord was, was upon us this entire time. And we had a beautiful time where we circled up and had prayer as we concluded our day and concluded our time before we headed to the airport, where we know what that's like at the airport, right? We've got to, got to get through security and all of that. But I know that that was a special moment for Jenna as we gathered on the Mediterranean Sea. If you can share with us how that impacted you. Of course. So it was the last day, the very last stop, and we were all standing there uh, in a circle on the shore of the Mediterranean Sea, holding hands, praying, uh, singing, and uh, the months leading up to that, uh, up to this trip, I've had, uh, I, I've been praying and asking God for, for friends and for better friends. And in that moment, uh, in that moment, God said, these are not only your friends, but these are, this is your family. And these are the people that will love you and care about you no matter where you go in life, no matter what you do. And that was really something that my prayer was finally answered right there in his holy place. Amen. Thank you. So we visited a place um, called Magdala. And it is the, uh, the home uh, place of Mary Magdalene. And it's a fairly new discovery. So it was pretty powerful to be able to experience that. And I know, Debbie, that that had an impact on you as well as many of the other ladies that were on this trip. Can you share with us a little bit of what that was like for you? This was such a surprise. And it was my aha moment. And I have to thank all of you and for those who had prayed for us while we were gone because we felt your prayers, and this was really an answer to prayer for me. Um, this was a modern building, and so much of what we had seen was so ancient. So this was very surprising. It was a, uh, a monument for the women in the Bible, and they had columns in there, and they had the women's names from the Bible on the columns, and that was very powerful. And then they had a, uh, a column that was clean. There was nothing on it. And I just thought, I want my name to be on that column. I want to be recognized as a woman of God. And that was just very powerful. And then we went down um, in the basement of that building into a chapel. And when, when we entered the chapel, there was a mural on the wall that was painted. It wasn't like the murals um, above that were all in mosaic and beautiful. This was a, uh, a new modern mural and it was all feet it was like men's feet in sandals from like the hem of their robes down and it was very crowded they were all at different angles and when you looked there was a feminine hand reaching through this crowded place through these feet and sandals and toes and trying to touch the robe of jesus and it was so powerful it uh, truly took my breath away, and that was my aha moment. Thank you for sharing. We uh, visited Mount Zion in Jerusalem, and in Mount Zion, uh, we, did, we discovered Caiaphas's house. And when I say house, that's really not the right word for it, but it's where uh, Caiaphas 
uh, did his work and, and probably did reside, but it's not the type of house that we think of. It was a place where those who were uh, going on trial, it's where they were held. So it was layers and layers of prisons. And so we got to see those different uh, prison cells as we would go down deeper and deeper and deeper. And in the very bottom, there was this place, and, and it was called the dungeon. I think it was a pit. It was dark, and it was really deep in the, in the depths of the earth. And it was this deep, dark place. And it was a place where Jesus was kept before he went on trial before Pilate. And so many of us, almost our entire group, crammed down into this small pit. You can imagine we were very close to one another, and we were in this deep, dark, cold place. And I shared Psalm 88, so I want to encourage you to look that up at the end of service. Psalm 88. I shared that psalm, and then we sang, How Great Thou Art. It was one of the most powerful, moving moments that myself and I know many others have ever experienced. And I know, Andy, that was a, a profound moment for you. And if you could share with us a little bit of what you experienced. Um, just a little background, as you've noticed, I'm in flip-flops in the middle of 35-degree temperature. Um, I've always done that. My internal thermostat is way off. So I toured Israel in flip-flops and tank tops so I didn't overheat. And uh, the reason I give you that background is I guess God was telling me I needed to go there that way for a reason. And everyone had left the pit. I thought there was still another couple down there. But I bowed my head and as clearly as I'm speaking to you today, I heard the voice of God. And he said, kick off your shoes. And I did. And the moment my feet touched that cold rock floor, I knew in my heart what our Lord had given up for us, for me. And I've always heard the crucifixion stories, but I don't think I really appreciated that there was so much more to that. And that he knew each and every one of us before we were created and loved us enough to endure all that. So I had to try to breathe, which I couldn't do. You've heard the term breathtaking. It really was. And when I opened my eyes, there was Pam and David Brockman. And the tears started to flow, and they helped me get upstairs. And I knew I was a child of God forever. And I was forgiven and blessed. And that my home was with these people. Share just a little bit more about that, about this becoming your church home, and just your experience of the church before you came on this trip. Um, I was raised at a, a church here in Cincinnati, um, was active there with my daughters, and kind of had a falling out. And I really didn't want to have anything to do with organized religion. Um, but Randy and I met and were married, and I've come here to faith a few times. And, oh, that's a nice place to go every once in a while. This is my church home now. Um, after I met this family and... This today feels more comfortable than anything I ever felt in those years at that other church. And it's because God has shown me the way. 
Amen. Thank you for sharing. So we, we come to you today to share just a little bit of our experience in the Holy Land. Um, but I, I want to emphasize to you this morning, so whether you're in the Holy Land or whether you are here, that God wants to move in your life. God wants to move in your life. We just to make, need to make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit to work within each and every one of us. There could have been 39 people that went on this trip that just had a great trip, but they went in with open minds and open hearts to receive the power of God. And so we can do that in the Holy Land, and we can do that here. We can do it here uh, when we worship. We can do it in our daily lives, when our interactions with others. And we come back changed, right? We come back changed. We had a transformational experience. So we're excited to the ways that God is going to continue to work in each and every one of us. But to know that power is available for all of you as well. Amen and amen. I just have to tell you, my kids watched a little bit of this online last week, and they now call me Barbara Walters. <laughs> I said, that's okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. So thank you uh, for allowing us to share just a little bit of our story with you. Uh, you all are well connected with people uh, that attend this church. I just want to encourage you to ask them about their trip, and uh, we would be more than happy to share. So I would just invite you to stand uh, for the... Uh, for the closing benediction, may you go in the name of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and may you go in the power of the Holy Spirit. May God bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. Let's lift our voices together as uh, we sing our, our closing uh, benediction as we go.